Welcome to Drinking With Authors. We are at 400 episodes. Woo! I can't whistle. I don't know why I was going to try to whistle. I did it. I got it. So it's all good. (laughs) (laughs) And she froze. (laughs) Oh, no. No. Yes. Oh, and that sums up. He's going to text me in a minute. Yeah. Like she is. <laughs> there she's back. Okay. Well, that just makes it even better. Welcome to Mountain mm-hmm. Internet, my favorite <laughs> in the entire world. We did. We just recorded another episode of something, and it didn't have any problems. Of course, I get onto this one. It's like the world's going to end. Welcome to the the drinking with authors curse. Anyway, four hundred episodes. Um, I have all of the amazing hosts, Danielle Orsino, Bo Lake, Valerie Willis, Jen Paquette, Mark Muncy. We we've done we've done a lot of talking to people. So um let let's because I think uh the last one of these we recorded was 300. So it's been a hundred episodes since then. How how's everybody Danielle? How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? How's everybody doing? How are we all hanging in there? We're doing. We're doing. I see that Mark is surviving. I was, I think, during the 100th episode. I think I was surrounded by Home Depot moving boxes. Yeah, I think it was, and now that's that's my job now. So yes, we're taking turns. It was Erica that before that. Yeah, I think yeah, back at the first one. I love that the TARDIS is still behind him. Oh yeah, that's 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 where I'm putting it all. So yeah, yeah, that's where it's got to go. It's got to be bigger somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh okay so it's been a hundred episodes everyone on this podcast is a writer as well so let's talk a little bit about what you guys because let's see a hundred episodes was about a year ago ish ish but I don't know I like there's a producer who keeps track of all this shit for me but um let's talk about what you've done writing wise for the year so put on the spot uh, Bo Lake. <laughs> I was like, don't put me on the spot. Don't put me on the spot. I know, I can tell. I felt the vibe. And I was just, like, just we're not, looking at, the, not looking at the screen. <laughs> it was awesome. It was well played. <laughs> well, in the last year, I I think I put out the last book in the Wolves of Wharton series, The Beast Like Me. And Jen Paquette and I have a uh, web novel coming out in the next month. Ooh. So that's exciting, too. Nice. Oh, very cool. Did you want to say the names of them or were you just hoping people would know? <laughs> I just, I don't know when this is coming out. It might already be it out. Already knows. On Yonder on the title of the web. I can answer that maybe. question. This episode will air on October 3rd. All right. So I have already come, come out. Yeah. What is it called? <laughs> It's called One Mummy to Go. Please, no. please, please. In the Shwarma Warrior King uh, series, Shwarma Warrior King. I I love that. That was that was actually almost borderlining on painful, bow. So I'm gonna go to the next person. But when called upon in the future, eloquence, eloquence. Okay, Mark. What about you? What have you got this last year? Well, I think when we write recorded this uh, last time, uh, Erie Appalachia was just coming out, and that hit uh, pretty darn well, and uh, is all over the place. So now the audio version is out and about, and attempting to uh, be, uh, you know, you know, to to be to be 
distributed everywhere now. And then uh, I'm also working on the Erie Travels podcast since then. And uh, we've been doing that with uh, our wonderful host, Erica, there. And we... Thank you. I didn't pay him for that, but now I have to. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I expect my five bucks. Slip him a um, five dollar bill. Let yep. me sell, sell it right now. Just kidding. five bucks. Thank you. Ding. There it is. All right. <laughs> but uh, also, we, we're actually going to be doing some Erie Travels books. Yeah. So that is uh, on the process. And uh, we're, you know, the, the tables of contents are being finalized now. So. And you have Erie Southeast, which should be yeah, coming Erie out. Erie Southeast should be out early next year. So nice. very, very, very cool. What about you, Miss Valerie Willis? Okay, you guys really want to hear this? You might want to pick me last. Let Jen. No, I don't. Be- okay, fine. I'll pick you last. Um, Jen Paquette, Jam Paquette. What about you, my friend? Well, uh, one mummy to go, please, with uh, the lovely Bo Lake. Um, I also put out a world building book that should be out by the time this episode airs. Yeah, uh, your general, general guide to world building. So check that out. Um, what else did I do? Oh, I wrote Heart of Stone, which is a rock star fae romance on Yonder, the web novel. And uh, I'm working on the next one in that series. Yes. And for you, me and Val, when she gets to it, um, when this airs, I believe the next author's accountability guide will be up for pre-sale, which will be nice for all the authors out there that need to be held They must own. Yes. Mm -hmm. Must own. Danielle, my friend, what have you been up to? I finished volume one of Birth of the Fae. It's got, is out, done, out of my head. The voices have finally stopped for now. (laughs) And so, that's um, how many books in that series? Because Forgive Us is the last one, right? Forgive Us was book six plus the novella Fire Ice. And then uh, the video game should be out hopefully by the time this airs. So everybody can adopt their own little Los through wow. Meldiverse and they'll have their little dragon following them around in the AR world. So that should be out by then. And then um, we'll be working on the Dragon Index, which I'm doing right now. The last novella in the birth of the fae world for volume one that'll kind of tie up those loose ends uh heart of war and then uh i'll be working on uh birth of the succubus so exciting so exciting i'm gonna go and i have not been nearly as prolific as the rest of the authors but um we have an anthology series that's demonic and this last one was demonic were a demonic medicine workplace demonic workplace And um, so those will be coming out here shortly. And then um, I actually contributed to two nonfiction books, which were through a company called Launchpad. And they're to help authors um, with how to write your novel, how to publish your novel, and how to market your novel. And I helped with the publishing and the marketing. I had two chapters, a chapter in each of those, which was kind of exciting. We have the accountability planner and... Um, I think by the time this airs, the first chapters in my Yonder web novel, which is called Jump, it's um, book one in the Meat Sleeve series. So, yeah, um, I debated that that series title and then Val's I love like, it, you got to go for it. It's like, called the Meat Sleeve series. The meat so. sleeve. Yeah. Double down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's exciting. Uh, Val, do you want to talk about the meat sleeves you've written? Just kidding. That's not got that right connotation. It's a horror book. It's not a sex book. But oh, no. 
So, like, you know, because I totally don't have a family and a company. Yeah, could you totally stop putting your hands in front of your face, you weirdo? You know how mics work, right? <laughs> so I started the year finishing beating it with Bloody Mary. And then uh, in three weeks, I wrote The Champion's Lord, which is a yonder book. It's out. Uh, it's got like over 5,000 reads and like, uh, I think 9.9 star reads. Okay, we're not talking about how many reads we got. We're talking about what no, we No, I was not like a focus on. And then I finished another yonder novel called The Queen's Incubus. Hands and, down. And it's out. Now, uh, put your hands down. I don't know why the sudden you're doing this, but. Because I feel embarrassed. She's embarrassed of herself. We're the only ones looking at you. I'm going to cut you off if you don't keep going. Let's do it. Hands okay. down. All right. So Queens and Cubis, Champions, Lord. Um, Val's House of Music. Another short story collection of uh, over 100K. Uh, and tightened that up. And then right now I'm halfway through with Assassin's Saint, which is going to be the third book in the Princess Priest under V.C. Willis. And so. The Rebirth. Oh God! I also edited, edited, and tweaked, and got re, uh, the Tattooed Angels trilogy out. So that's Rebirth, Judgment, and Death. I totally forgot about that too. Yeah. So, uh, and you're going to have the accountability planner, planner out as well. So that's exciting. There's been a lot accomplished from this band of awesome hosts of the show. It's very you know we didn't talk about what we were drinking. How the hell did I skip that? Okay, because Matt froze you for this. <laughs> you know, let me go back. I started drinking a lot of it. So Lucas Lamont was on this show and introduced me to pineapple juice and Fireball. Oh, I do not recommend driving after this, but it tastes really good. And the reason is, if you've ever been to like a Brazilian steakhouse or something like that, they um, will sear the pineapple with cinnamon on it like that they'll cook it and so that's basically what it tastes is like a cinnamony pineapple which might not sound great and a lot of people have the face like that mark has right now but it is <laughs> thoroughly amazing and so that is what i'm drinking um danielle what are you drinking my friend i have just i'm boring i have mango juice and orange juice but i have it in my cool cup so it's okay. that is a cool cup i, I like love that, that. yeah that's that's courtesy of Erica. So, you know, it's beautiful. Well, Danielle does way better at looking cool with the various um, sundry drink holders than we do. Mark, what are you drinking? Uh, I am having uh, Morbid Curiosities. I am drinking their Ooh. Bell Book and Candle, which Ooh. is uh, very buttery Ooh. and daring. And I have to say it is a very buttering and daring chai. I like it. So I can't argue. That's so. good. Enjoy the chai. Jan, what are you drinking? I'm just drinking coffee. And I Jack Skellington. <laughs> I got home late last night. It is a, it's a coffee moment. I understand. I understand. Val? Uh, I was running late, so I managed to grab water. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just need something. That's okay. Um, we all know many episodes, which we're going to talk about, Val and her drinking. Bo? What about I you? just also have coffee like my co-author Jen. I like it. I like it. I, okay, so great. I'm the only drink. That's very nice. <laughs> Someone has to get drunk, though. No. You're doing the heavy I lifting. Be you. Yeah. No. I guess it might. Be. Yes. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about some of um, our favorite things from the last 100 episodes because everybody remembers that. Everybody does. I can see the look on people's faces. I was going to say, I remember the deer in headlights look right there. It was perfect. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think we've had and we continue to have absolutely amazing authors, but we did have the opportunity to have some different kinds of authors because we had some game designers on in this last Mm -hmm. hundred episodes. We had some graphic artists on. We had some comic book um, authors and artists on like we we've been able to branch out a little bit to the other creatives in the field, which has been an absolute ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I, I think my most memorable one this year was uh, and, and you're going to remember as soon as I say it, uh, it was the author. I can't think of her name. I'm so sorry, but we'll put it in the, the comments. But she she was the FBI investigator undercover cop. And oh yes, yeah, and just being able to hear That's about that and how it influenced her writing and the idea of being someone else for what three years or at a time. Yeah, she was undercover for three years. She was a totally wow. different person. Wow, it was it was an That's incredible. Crazy. Like, it's amazing to hear how different all these authors' inspiration and how much of it is inspired by real life events. And that one, that one was really a, a hard hitting one. Because, I, I mean, it's hard enough to wrestle my imaginary friends. I couldn't imagine having to be a different person and things like that. That's that's incredible. Yeah, it's very true. It's like acting 100% of the time. Um, I think it's interesting, our later in life authors. We've had several that were like, I wanted to write a book forever. I retired, I whatever, and then mm-hmm. wrote these amazing stories and finally um, made these dreams that they've been talking about come true, right? That it's very interesting to talk to them and to hear their stories about doing that. And it, it also says to me, don't, don't wait that long. Don't wait that long or whatever point in your life you're at, take the time to achieve your dreams of writing. If that's your dream, right? Cause nobody's ever going to, I was on a show um, I was on a, a show the other day, um, Central Valley Talk, love the show, Danielle introduced me to them. And one of the things he asked me about was, you know, all of the writers and things like that. And one of the things that I brought up was writing happens to be one of the, the few industries where you don't just get something and then you have that thing. Like if you think a lot of industries, there's, you know, obviously people collect things, but there's a finite number of than sneakers generally people have not that you can't find cute ones but you're you know you have your whatever staple flip-flops and stuff maybe you have a few pairs but you don't go buy like you know seven pairs of flip-flops a week where people will buy seven ten books a week and read them right it's it's a different dynamic so it's never like somebody's going to be like oh we have all the books we need in the world we're done you know never Never. So <laughs> as, as Jen, who's one of those very avid readers will tell you that, that absolutely not, you, you will never run out of stuff. So I think it's really important to um, uh, fulfill your dream. And I would recommend there's tons of books out there. There's tons of groups. I would recommend those launch pad books because it's a combination of um, experts in the industry trying to give some guidance on what directions to go in some of the pitfalls. So throw that out there as part of that. 
Um, what about you, Bo? What have been some of your favorite things for this last hundred episodes? I think what has been really interesting to me is getting to talk to authors that I know and learn new things about them, like Paige Lavoy, Lyra Arsane, like like scraping past the surface level that I knew about them and finding like their like their insecurities about writing and their like what's worked for them. And it kind of made me realize like that I wasn't alone in having these like thoughts about like my writing career and hearing other people who I admire and really like say those same things has been uh really enlightening. Very cool. Um, what about you, Danielle? I think uh, talking to some of the nonfiction writers and authors that we've mm-hmm. we've talked to, and you know, hearing the process, their difference in processes and things like that, I thought was really interesting. The woman we talked to um, about consent. Oh yeah, yes, that was a totally different conversation <laughs> that I didn't expect at all, and just how she approached it of. Uh, and the difference in uh, her philosophy toward it just sparked a conversation I, I just didn't see coming, but I thought it was really interesting and something that needed to be said, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't see it. I didn't think it would evolve to that. So I thought it was really interesting. And, and once again, something that we kind of needed to get out there, but coming from the podcast of just, hey, let's talk about how you write to what it turned into was really cool. Agreed, agreed. What about you, Mark? Uh, for me, it was always it's always fun to watch the new art, uh, the new writers' journeys. We have so we we talk to so many first time or near, second time authors and uh, the journeys they've gone on. And I even the more things change, the more they stay the same. It's it's fun that they all have different inspirations to bring them on board, and then they all just have that. How do I get this first book out? You know, which path am I going to choose? And that's always just fun to watch. We talked to one young lady who was uh very happy that she had gotten her first novel out and uh and it was just fun to watch because literally the rest of the house is moving around behind her uh because they didn't understand she's on a podcast she's promoting her book and the family does not know how to you know support her in this and it was it was just fun to watch so it was i think it was nerve-wracking for her but very yeah, fun she to was watch. like <laughs> so panicked and we we're like it's fine it's fine, it's fine. It was, it was people going through doors. She's kept trying to move the laptop around like, what is even happening here? Okay. Um, what about you, Jim? Well, they all said all the cool stuff. No, I like um, when <laughs> the last person called on what they said. No, I like when at the very beginning of the podcast, the person's super nervous and they don't, they're not really answering. They're just like, how long have you been writing? A long time. And then they don't say anything. I yeah. like wait, watching them like over that first few minutes kind of relax a little bit and open up. And then I love when they get on a different topic that they're super passionate about. You're like, is this the same person that we started talking to 20 minutes ago? So I like when you figure out what it is that the the writer, like, yes, we're all into writing. We all like talking about that. But I like watching when they really hit their stride. They're like, no, no, let me tell you all about, you know, the intricacies of topic X. Uh, no, I agree. I love that too. I think it's interesting. And I, I, you know, I, I would love your opinion. I've seen a couple of themes that come up in our show. One of the themes is people get very nervous to your point, Jen, to come on, but after they're on the show, I think we universally hear, oh my God, this was the most fun I ever had. Like yeah. this is, yeah. 
best because it's just a conversation. We're not like putting here's a spotlight. You must tell us all the things. It's like, so how you doing? Like, what are you up to? Where did you come up with that idea? And I, I think that that makes a difference for the comfort level thoughts. Oh, definitely. Like a lot of times, um, I know if anyone's been prepping for their press kit, like as an author, they tell you have some pre-written questions and answers to provide to the podcast and the places. And often, uh, and Erica can attest to this, we get asked, do you want those? And we're like, no, <laughs> no, we don't. We don't we're going to sit down. And, it, and the whole concept is let's, let's go originally, let's go to a bar or someplace you would hang out and unwind at and let's just talk. Um, and I think once they realize that that's the vibe we have going, they fall right into it. And it is, it is a magical moment when that, that, that tipping point happens in the, in the conversations. I agree. I always tell them like, you can send whatever questions you want, but I drink and it's not a good plan because <laughs> as many of my co-hosts, all of them know, I'm lucky if I remember how the hell to do the intro and the exit from the show, let alone remember a bunch of questions that I'm supposed to ask people. Um, okay. The other thing that I think comes up a lot, and I want to talk about this before we do a break and we're going to do a very fun kind of literary briefs for ourselves, which is um, I think a lot of authors were not prepared for the fact that they're a business now. And they're a celebrity now. And that part is just not clear because regardless of the journey of being uh, published through a small press, or the traditional press, um, self-publishing, however they went, I, I feel like almost universally all of them were like, what? I have to, I'm a business. I have to do these things. Because when you ask, what were you not prepared for? I feel like very rarely do we get an answer other than I wasn't prepared for the marketing and the social media. Yeah. You know, so thoughts. I mean, yeah, everybody I, just stare at me. Deal with headlights. <laughs> yes, all of that. All of the above. Yeah. Uh, it's and I think it's because you know it's it's a lot of work just to create and write the story and then go back and forth with your editor. And a lot of people, um, I think this, the, the second point that gets missed is there's different levels of editing and editors, right? Your first editing stop should be your developmental editor, especially if you're worried about your plot and character development and, and the, the story aspects, not necessarily the grammar. And then you have a line editor or a copy editor who's going to clean up your grammar and your commas and, and things like that. Um, and then that's not the end of the journey. Then now you have to find a designer and a typesetter, and then you have to figure out the platform and get accounts and, and do this and prep files. And, oh, and then they think they're done once the book goes out. And I think that's the thing. Like they have crawled up this mountain only to discover that that wasn't the top of the mountain, that the cloud was covering the other half of the mountain, right? Um, and I think that's that's the sensation we get. And I don't think there's enough discussion out there or even blog posts talking about what are the different stages of climbing, you know, um, for for an author creating a book. And I think that's why we see that a lot. 
the five stages. Just kidding. I love that that (laughs) image, Val. It's like you climbed a foothill, but you thought it was Mount Everest, but no. No, No, and I I think that's true and something, um, you know, that we, you know, I think that's a huge part of also for people to listen to this show. You know, it's fun to get to know your authors as a reader and stuff like that. And similar to what Bo said, I love that. I love getting to know. And some of the authors that come on here obviously are new to us, but some of them we're huge fans of. And we're, we're like trying to contain our fangirling, although Mark literally never contains that ever. <laughs> no. Um, when... <laughs> He's on the show with somebody that he's a huge fan of. Val's yeah. pretty terrible about that too. Um, but I, I think that uh, for a writer, you get to hear all these different things. So you start understanding that hidden mountain or those hidden mountains. And also where the cliffs are on those mountains. Like where do you need to be aware so you don't go falling and tumbling off this thing that you weren't prepared for, but is obviously hiding hiding in the mists jen the misty mountains the misty mountains of course (laughs) exactly okay we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with the most epic literary briefs that ever epically existed in the 400th episode so there we go no pressure hey listeners you know me eric lance you're just listening to me in the podcast that you have but guess what I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. Oh, I better have a backup. Okay, we're back. We're back. And we're going to do a fun literary briefs because... We come up with questions all the time. We ask people questions. We usually ask, like, what's your favorite book? That sort of thing. Because I actually love the answers to the what's your favorite and least favorite book. Because everybody goes, oh, my God, I'm an author. I can't say bad things about other authors. But it's not that. You're going, I didn't enjoy this book. which Personally, yeah. It doesn't mean it wasn't written well. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means I didn't like it. Now, some of them that I don't like, I don't think are written well. But that's another topic. So instead... Um, cause Mark and, um, another good writer friend of ours, Eric Deckers have started this thing with me, which is, um, I have a favorite book, right. Which is Bimbos of the Death Sun. But now I have like eight copies of Bimbos of the Death Sun and I keep getting more copies is they're found in bookstores and stuff like that. Mark, Eric Deckers gave me one, that sort of thing. So, and it, what's neat is I get to see all these different covers and I absolutely love the book. So it's not like I need 40 million copies of Bimbos of the Death Sun, but I kind of love this collection of this book because I love this book. It, it's very, you know, it's a tiny little book. It was mainly printed four by six. It's adorable, but I have different covers. So my question is, what is your collector book that I, I already know? I think I know the answer for J.M. Paquette, but, um, and I think anybody who listens knows the answer for this, but what is your collector book? So we will start with 
Um, Jen Paquette, I want to see if I'm correct. Jen, what is your collector book? It's going to be Lord of the Rings in I knew that. varieties. Yeah. Also the Silmarillion, but more so just Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King. I have so many. And The Hobbit, too. Oh. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Val, what about you? What is your collector book? It, it's going to be anything from Robin McKinley. It took me a while to find the deerskin version that had the cover which was the very first book I read by her, but she's the one who taught me that it's okay to beat the crap out of your character in order to strengthen them, that they don't have to just suddenly be stronger by the end of the story. You can actually make them fail multiple times so they're more prepared for that in battle or in game kind of scenario. Um, I have to say she was a big influence and and she was, she was, I was shocked she was in my library at the time because she she covers some dark themes at times. So, very cool. Okay, Mark, what about you? I I know the answer to this one too, but go ahead because yeah, it it was it's a close tie. Uh, but uh, one edge is the other. One was the Haunting of Hill House. You know, I I have tons and tons of copies of it, but my my love, my passion, the one I collect, the one I if I see it for sale anywhere, I buy a copy. And grab it off the shelf and we'll keep it forever and, and loan it to friends uh is a night in the lonesome october by roger zelazny uh his last great masterpiece and i i read it every october you know you read one chapter a day and if anybody hasn't read it that is your october book you must you must get it and and, and find copies and do it and if you don't have one email me i might have a spare that i can loan Yes, he has probably <laughs> 500 copies, kind of like Jen. Entire bookshelf behind her is only Lord of the Rings. Just kidding. Um, what about you, Danielle? What is your your collector book? Um, I you know what I collect comic books, so I don't know. What is your I collect can... comic book? Like, if you see these comic books, what will you always grab? I will always go for um anything from the Dark Phoenix Chris Claremont run if I can find the first editions which are really expensive. I will go to that. Um, his first run in the graphic novel, I'll grab. Um, and I will usually grab uh, anything from the George Perez era of Wonder Woman. I will grab that. I do have a couple of his stuff. And then I have the first appearance of Rogue that Claremont uh, did. And I have, I just got, which Claremont signed was um, the first appearance of Firestar that he wrote for X-Men uh, Annual One. Nice. Very cool. What about you, Bo? I collect um, copies of F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby because I love a book where everyone in it is horrible. And I have probably about 10 copies (gasps) now. I like to find like the really vintage ones, like the really gross ones from bookstores. Um, (laughs) This is kind of a funny story. We were at the Strand Bookshop and my husband was looking for it for me. And he finally finds one on a top shelf. And he's like, how much is this book? And the guy's like, three. And he's like, 300? And he's like, no, $3. (laughs) Because we had thought like a 1940s copy would be so expensive. And it was $3. So I have a lot. Wow. And I feel like whoever was selling that um, grossly underestimated yeah, I think so. So well done. Well done with that. <laughs> Got to get a bargain. Okay. Well, um, with that, I know um, uh, Jen has a question. Jen, what's yours? And then you got to call on people to add, 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 order that you want an answer. 
Okay, I want to know what you're reading right now. Everybody take a minute. What are you, what's, what are you reading? Because I'm the editor for Four Horsemen, so I'm always editing. So I'm always reading, but then I make a point to like read separately. So I want to know, what are you reading right now? And I'm going to ask Mark because he looks like he has an answer. I do have an answer. Uh, Martha Wells had just done Murderbot Chronicles during the, uh, the, the pandemic, and I fell in love with that series. And so uh, she had just came out with a new one called Witch King. It's a fantasy novel, a dark fantasy, and I'm uh, just started that. Uh, so that's 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 my current read. All right, who Danielle? Uh, I'm listening to Kim Harrison's latest Rachel Morgan book. I think it's Good Demons, Good and Evil oh. Demons, something like that. I'm oh, just came out. Yeah, so far, I'm on chapter one and. Okay. So far, she's she's great. She's taking over as Sub Rosa. Al is back. So, so far, she's learning to jump the lines. I'm happy. So, you know, I'm always happy with Ken Harrison. She never disappoints. That's good. I saw that came out. That's on my list. Yeah. All right, Bo, what are you reading? I am reading The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones, which is a horror novel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it scary? It has uh, darker themes, but it's not scary, scary. Not scary, scary. Oh, interesting. All right, Erica, what are you reading? I am, uh, I have two because I'm listening to an audio book, which I have to finish this weekend, which is Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Jeff Strand redid this into a novelization of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. So I'm interviewing him on our Eerie Travels podcast. So one of us is watching the movie. I made Mark do that. And I am reading his book. And then the other one is I'm actually reading um, uh, Witch of the Black Circle by Maria DeVivo. So um, because I was in Satanic Panic in the 80s. So I'm super excited because it definitely hits that entire thing. And it's it's just a it's a fun read. So that's where I'm at. The optimist in me kept hoping. And uh, yeah, they were so good. All right, Val, what are you reading? Uh, Lately, I've been reading a lot of comics. So my two is The Lady and the uh, Big Bad Leopard and The Falcon Princess, because I like the themes of them, of the lead female character. It's almost, what is it? Lady Hawk, I think is the Mm -hmm. name of the movie. So it has, it gives vibes a lot in both of those. So I'm sort of, tickling a nostalgic bone and then I started reading one on yonder called level 99 princess of black flame because I was curious <laughs> uh the the new trends with them saying what they are like that has got me curious uh but I'm so far I haven't been horribly disappointed with the the level of writing on a lot of this new trend so um but that that would be what I'm currently dipping my toes into so I'm reading a rock star best friend story, like my my rock star friend's big brother kind of thing. <laughs> it's ridiculous in the best way. Very cool. Okay, Mark, what's your question? All right, my question is, uh, when we when you we all write fantasy, a lot of us write horror, a lot of us write a little, yeah, we've read a little bit of everything. You need a palate cleanser sometimes when you've been writing and writing, and you just you need to tune out you know when you're taking the end of your day so that you can actually get to sleep at night what is your palate cleanser do you listen to a 
a specific song? Do you watch a specific TV show? Do you, uh, you know, do you binge a thing on Netflix? Whatever. What? Uh, so let's start with you, Bo. What do, What do you do? Palette cleanse. This is gonna sound insane, but I, I listen to true crime podcasts to relax. So that's what I do. That's that's my missus. She does her she does her murder <laughs> stories. Yeah. All right, uh, Danielle. What about you? Uh, I I've been listening to the podcast, um, just Jack and Will, where they rewatch the Will and Grace episodes <laughs> and tell you what went on behind the scenes and what their reactions are to watching it. Cause Sean Hayes has never watched a, a Will and Grace episode. So it's his reactions to watching him play Jack and it's hysterical and I love it. And that's, that's how I decompress. Nice. All right, Jen, what, what's your palate cleanser? I don't write horror, so I watch cheesy movies. I watch Flash Gordon from the 80s, or I watch yes. The Last Unicorn. Those are my Gordon's alive! I love The Last Unicorn! The Last Unicorn's, <laughs> <laughs> Last Unicorn's good, too. You're a unicorn! Uh, you know, you gotta, have, you gotta have your favorite bit character from those movies. So, All right, Val. Uh, I, I, I have to shut everything down. I... Because otherwise I have music and other things going on. So everything goes quiet. The house has to be dark. And I'll either uh, read my comics until I get drowsy or read a chapter of a book or um, or I'll, I'll make the mistake of doing a social media viral video dive. And then I realize an hour later that I still haven't fallen asleep and I just need to give up. <laughs> <laughs> Doom scroll. Love it. Love it. All right, Erica. So I, right now, for my palate cleansers, am watching the new Roswell, New Mexico, because I signed up for a panel on, when this airs, it will already pass, but Dragon Con, um, because I they said Roswell, and I was like, yeah, because I love the old one. Jen gave me all the... I love the new one. Yeah, I know you do. Um, so... Uh, I do that or like Gilmore Girls or something like I I've been picking up on old series and the Roswell New Mexico is not that old but old series that I maybe didn't watch like that a lot of people watched I just the one I'm lining up after Gilmore Girls is Angel because I can't believe I'm saying oh, but I Angel. never I never watched Angel I watched oh. Buffy I've rewatched Buffy I never watched Angel so uh, if everyone could see the looks on everybody's faces here, I just committed some it's, sort of atrocious crime. Disappointment on everyone's faces. But I will be catching up on Angel after I finish Gilmore Girls, which is really funny because the character um, uh, that plays Sam on Supernatural plays Dean on Gilmore Girls. And every time they say his name, it, it's just I start giggling and I probably shouldn't why that's fucking funny to me it is but because they're like Dean and Sam turns around and I'm like I'm waiting for Jason Eccles to come on in and like <laughs> do the show anyway it's weird it's fair so that's what I do okay Danielle what's your question uh do you prefer audio kindle or physical book when you read mark I, I've got to have a physical book. It's something about there, there was a great line. Speaking of Buffy and Angel, the one of the early episodes, the uh, Giles is talking to Miss Calendar, the computer teacher, and uh, he's not. And she's 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 talking about uh, well, there, you'll find more in this computer than you will in your dusty old books. And he's like, oh, I love my dusty old books. And she's like, you know, you know, well, what what don't you like about the computers? And she's like, he, he's like the smell. And she goes, well, computers don't smell. He's like, exactly. 
you know, uh, the power of smell is one of the, you know, the strongest things that can trigger emotional, you know, outbursts. It can do all these things. And that's, that's me with a book. If I pull out an old book or a new book, it's that smell that gets me every time. And I, I, I can't get that from a Kindle or, or an audio book. Understood. Fun fact, Miss Calendar was originally the backup dancer for Prince when he did the Diamond and Pearls tour. She was mm-hmm. Pearl. The other chick was Diamond. Just something I just, anyway. Erica, Kindle, uh, audio, audible. or physical? Uh, audio book. I like physical books. I like my Kindle, but timing wise, I actually started using my um, doing chores, doing, you know, stuff around the house, driving. We all know I do a ton of driving for stuff. Um, I use audiobooks and also true crime podcasts like Bo, like that's that I absolutely, as much as I love the physical books, like all the bimbos of the death center physical books I get, I have a wall of bookshelves over there, but, um, it's, I find that audiobooks are the way that I'm actually able to get more books sort of quote unquote read because I don't have the time to sit down usually to do that. If I have time to sit down, I have to do something else with my time, um, like binge Roswell so I can know what I'm talking about, whatever. You're ready for the panel. I always got to ask questions when you volunteer for panels. Understood. Bo, how about you? I am a, a Kindle girly all day because as someone with three kids, I cannot really be holding a book, but I can hold my phone. So that's how I get all my reading good done. Point. That's a good point. Jen, how about you? I'm not picking a favorite child. Um, it depends <laughs> on what I'm doing. If I'm reading and I'm, I'm, I want to highlight or I'm the person I write in my books. So then I need a physical copy. I know you can do it on Kindle, but I fight with it and I'd rather be able to put little sticky notes and stuff. So if I'm reading for that purpose, then I like a physical. If I'm reading late at night, right before bed, I read on my phone. And if I'm driving, I listen to a book. Usually I have three books going at any given time. So, yes. Val? Oh, it it varies. Um, It depends what my activity level and things I'm doing. So right now, I'd have to say I'm a digital reader. But in the past, I've been pro audiobook, especially if I'm wanting to consume a series faster um and then um back in the heyday I and I still kind of do it is so nothing like like Mark said nothing beats a physical book but for over 18 months before I moved I everything was packed away so it was a little difficult so I've fallen away from physical books for a little bit so give it some time I'll probably be back (laughs) always return yeah I like audio I'm I'm into my audio books right now I mean, my Audible library is ridiculous, so I'm an audiobook person, but I understand the appeal of obviously having that physical book, especially as a comic book person. I've never gotten into the digital comic books. I like having my comic books, but there you go. Makes sense. Okay, Val, what's your question? If you guys could have a, like, I guess, vacation home where you go to write, where would it be located at? I live in my vacation home where I go to write. Bitch. (laughs) Well, it's true though. You for everyone's seen it, it's up on the top of a mountain, looking out across the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm very um secluded up here. So I can go anywhere. The free write, by the way, I cannot say enough about the free write device. It's amazing because it's light and can go everywhere. Um 
Yeah, no, I can go out on the porch because I was I was teasing Mark because I know a lot of you are in Florida and stuff like that. Danielle's up here with me, but oh, it hit the high today because of when we're recording of 82 degrees. What? High, <laughs> high of 82 degrees and sunny. Our lovely jam catch just slipped me off. I'm sorry, what is the uh, squelch temperature down there in Florida right now? 106 feels like. But it's actually like in the 90s, so that's like 200% humidity. It's yeah, yeah. You're, so you're, we're living in we're living in the defrost setting on a microwave right now. Yeah, I just got back from two weeks away, and opening the car door when we got home last night was like opening the door after someone takes a really hot shower. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, I need mm. water. That's right. So um, yes, I I picked this location because it was going to be my my dream location. But I will say my favorite season to be up here is fall when all the, the leaves are changing color and I can have like a hot toddy. We all know how I love a hot toddy and sit out and um and write and stuff like that. So I'm glad I could rub that in for everyone. Continue asking that question there, Val. <laughs> Bo, how about you? Uh, if I could write anywhere, I would say in the mountains. So clearly I need to come to Erica's house. Yeah, you um, do. My parents used to have a cabin in West Virginia and I love to write mm. there because you just hear the trees creaking and you see squirrels scampering around, you see deer. So that was where I got most of my writing done. That's why I've not been very prolific recently. <laughs> so you can come anytime. I have bedroom. I'm going to. I'm going to. Come on, Danielle, How about you? Um, I probably similar somewhere where at least there's a fall season, temperate climate, and with a nice fenced-in backyard for the pups. So somewhere around that area. I'm not sure where. I couldn't say exactly where, but secluded where I can write. But as long as I can have Amazon deliveries. <laughs> okay see i don't have that that i don't have we actually got the funniest thing in the mail the other day which was um an ad where you can sign up for like it's sort of like an amazon version of uber or lyft but it's to drop off packages and you get paid to drop amazon packages at places because they don't come up unless it's ups or fedex they don't come up the mountain if it's usps i have to go to the post office so danielle the, this mountain would not be ideal for you. Okay. Yeah. I got to find that place. Yeah. What about you, Mark? Uh, I would say the Carpathian mountains would be, was awesome. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, that would be, if I could go anywhere, I could go anywhere. Yeah. That was, that, uh, you know, that was my, I think my favorite journey of all time, but uh, you know, but you know, I, as long as it's again, secluded, I, I've got to have minimal distractions. Uh, that's, that's my key. So nice. Jen. Somewhere where it rains all the time. <laughs> no, I went to Forks. It was raining when I was there. Not kidding. That's, that's was, what I need. I need I went to Scotland where it's supposed to rain. It was the sunniest week they'd ever had. Yeah. It was sunny every day. I was like, what is happening right now? I can't go outside. Yep. Um honestly though, I would love to do the Orient Express and ride on a train. Oh, there you go. Oh, oh, we should idea, maybe right? think about doing that as a group. That would be fun. A writer's retreat. It's only very expensive. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I, that's okay. One of us is likely to get killed because isn't it murder on the Orient? It would be <laughs> me at the beginning, and that's fine. That would be yeah. Me. Okay. But, you know, well, well, we're not going to spoil that book, but you know, 
I get died during the opening credits, right? I'm the body that you find here. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, Bo. So all of us are prolific, whether it comes to books, uh, other projects like podcasts. What is the thing you've done that you are most proud of? And we'll start with Danielle. Uh, not book related, probably winning my silver medal for the WKA team for USA. That was probably my moment of, I've done it. I don't have to do anything else. Mickey Mouse is next to me. We're good. I'm finished. I still don't like, you know, the bitch that won the sil- uh, the gold medal. I'd like to elbow her off the pedestal. <laughs> it was by a hundred to the point. I kind of hate you, but yeah, I'm good. Like I'm officially a badass. I'm done. Yeah, we're good. Our officially <laughs> yeah. badass. Yeah, that was my official moment. Yeah, Mark. Oh gosh, uh, yeah. I, the the proper answer is supposed to be you know your kids, but nah, screw them. Uh, nah, I, uh, <laughs> my uh, my proudest moment, I gotta say, was was recent because it was uh, after the Curse of Robert the Doll documentary on travel channel and i'm walking in to get my phone replaced and this guy's like i've seen you somewhere and i've I've seen you on something and i'm like well i've done this i've done this i've done this he's just like no nah, no nah. what what have you been on that i've seen and i'm like <laughs> uh well how do i know you know and all this and and i was like well you know maybe it's curse of robert the doll and discovery channel and he's like no no and then on the screen at the AT&T store, they're doing flashes for October. And there I am on the screen for an ad for Ancient Aliens. And I finally got to see the the, the footage that they used for me on Ancient Aliens. I still don't know what episode it was. Uh, and, and I was like, maybe that? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, that's yes, awesome. That's it. that is a cool moment (laughs) that's cool (laughs) Jen I'm gonna be a nerd and say my sentence diagramming textbook because it took forever and I love words and it was fun ish only you would say sentence diagramming was fun I know (laughs) grammar stuff if you want to learn about grammar check out my textbook and movies Erica I think it was, uh, and I kn- know that I'm lucky that I went before Val because I'm quite sure she's going to have this same answer. So I get to steal it from her. What? Which, um, you know, is the creation of Four Horsemen Publications and where it's come to. I knew you were going to cool. say that. I knew it. But, um, you know, it was uh, me, Val, and Jen coming together and uh, all the pieces of the puzzle fit to start Four Horsemen Publications in January 2020. And it's just been completely a wild ride. And so that, and mainly because you get to see all these amazing authors and creatives have this stuff that hadn't touched the world yet. Like they, it hadn't been out there. So, you know, it's a lot of hard work, I will say, but it's really it's been amazing to when you look back because you're entrenched in it. So sometimes kind of like what Danielle was talking about, Mark, you look back on it and you go, 
because you're there and you're like, okay, we're here now. But if you turn around and look and see what you did and how much you did and how much work it took to do that thing, I, I am amazingly proud of that creation and everyone who's a part of it. So that is my answer, which conveniently everyone who also co-hosts is a part of it. So it's a, it's a pretty badass thing. Yes. Top that Val. Well, yeah, Val. That, piggybacking on that. <laughs> uh, I think um, my proudest moment after starting the company is seeing our authors get into their local Barnes and Noble, like seeing Mimi Francis post a picture when she was the first. Right. And she's like, Oh my God, I did what you guys told me to do. And bam, there's, there's my book. And then, you know, that's in the first two years that, that we created. Now we're four and a half years into this and she has a whole shelf. So to see that not only are they getting into these bookstores, but they're growing at the bookstore is exciting. And then the take authors that I know who have been struggling to get their career off the ground for 10, 15, 20 years have great success in their first year with us, uh, like Paige Lavoie and, and, and folks like that really tells me that we have definitely unlocked some sort of grand achievement and that our vision wasn't so crazy after all Erica and Jen like that there there was we knew what we were talking about and I felt like before this we were just like the crazy guy in New York with the signs of the in Disney <laughs> trying to find our our three muses picture it doesn't matter because even if you show it I'm not sharing this video oh my gosh okay <laughs> Well, what about you? <laughs> I I like to find like little moments to be proud of because like big things, there are big things, sure. But I like to look at like the tiny little things that like are make me proud every day. And um, Jen and Val already know this, but yesterday I got an email from my local bookstore and I haven't heard from them in a year because I did a signing there last summer. Oh, I and they were that. like, that was fun. And they were like, hey, Bo, do you want to come back? Because we're doing a romance uh, event. And it was so exciting for someone to, one, remember who I am. And two, think of me for an event. And I have imposter syndrome every day of my life. But like that was awesome. Very cool. That is very, very cool. cool. Okay, so I want to finish up by asking, because as we're all writers, we all editors, publishers, marketing people, like all of us have not only the the sort of hat we wear of being an author and podcaster, because everyone on here has done now at this point, literally hundreds of episodes of drinking with authors, is what advice would you give authors out there? Like what advice would you give authors um, are listening to this podcast. So um, Jen, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to say that um, I think a lot of times new authors are worried that their story isn't original or hasn't been, or has already been told, like, why, why would you want to read my version of the story? And what I will say is that you haven't told it. So we need your voice. We need you. You are the only one who can you. So we need your story in your own words. It has value. Even if it's been told before, we haven't heard it. From the you, that matters. Number one, so many times when you really look at it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, now, Val, that you jumped on Jen's because it wasn't your turn. And generally, <laughs> you need to be putting a timeout. And I see we've arrived at that point of this episode. What is your advice to authors out there? Be proud. Um, I think this is that unspoken thing. And it's a little bit of helping you combat that author imposter syndrome. I have seen some amazing writers write a story and it will never see the light of day. And that stings. I've read some amazing work that I know is collecting dust or they've deleted. Okay. That, that is terrible, but it happens. But you managed to write a book, finish a book first off, and secondly, publish it and put it out there in public is a big deal. Be proud of it. Talk about it no matter where you're at. I was in the freaking airport line waiting and I got an orange orange slip and I thought I was going to get a finger up the butt. And the people in front of me are like, are you going to get strip searched? And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, I'm like, but if I do, it's going in a honey coming novel. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, I write erotica. And they immediately bought a paperback right there. So talk about your work. Be proud of what you are. Be proud of being an author. Be proud, whether it's one book or 20 books, doesn't matter. Talk about you being an author. People get excited about it too. That's that's very true. I love that advice. Okay, Uh, Mark. My advice is, you know, you 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 think the, the literature will sell itself. It doesn't. You you have to be all the things. You have to be on podcasts. You have to be open to other things. So write the book. That's important. But remember, that's the first step of the journey. There is lots of other things you have to do to get that out there. Yes, there are. Everybody is two million people are a click away from your book. It's getting them over there is the key. So you know, getting with a good publisher, getting with a good, you know, a partner, you know, a publicist or whatever. Yes, these are all things you have to learn how to do. So you have to put on your business person's hat. You have to put on your marketing hat. You have to do all these things. And then you have to figure out your personality as an author. It can be different than your personality as a person. But, uh, you know, just remember that it, it you have to have that. Otherwise, it just you know, it, it, it goes away and, and the book never sees more than 60 copies sold, like 9, 99% never see more than 600 copies ever sold. So don't be that 99%. Let's you know, push it to that one. Very cool. Uh, Bo? I think my advice would be to don't get bogged down in this process being romantic or the vibe having to be right when you're writing. You just need to vomit it out you can't edit a blank page as we always say you have to write your thing it's messy that's fine just write it down uh if it's out of order that's fine write it down you can fix things that exist you can't fix things that don't exist yet so that's my advice i love it i like it danielle um i think building on what mark and what val said earlier is uh, have a plan you know, don't go in with just, I'm going to write a book and then I'll go viral. I'll put it on TikTok and everybody will just figure me out. Understand that you're an author, but then you're a brand. So find out what you're going to be. Once the book is written, whether you're in the editing stage or whatever it is, that's the time to, like Mark said, put on your business hat, 
figure out your brand because that's ultimately what's going to sell you. There are amazing authors out there. And then there's authors that are like, eh, but they're still selling. You kind of have to figure out your plan and move it forward. And don't be afraid to ask for help to figure all that out. Perfect. I think the advice I would give is twofold. One, be very wary of the traps where you're paying a lot of money to get your book published. It's one thing if you're paying an editor that you've validated and you know works well and understands what you're trying to do, typesetter, same is true with a cover artist. Look at the stuff they've actually done and does it fit in your genre? Are they good at that? That sort of thing. Paying for those services, totally 1000% okay, but just be wary of all the traps of um, things going, I could get you 60,000 followers on Twitter. Like, but are those 60,000 people going to buy your book? Yeah. There's nobody can tell you those 60,000 people were interested in your book. So just be careful of spending money on things that don't necessarily end result in your book being sold because that's the ultimate goal is selling your book. And then the other thing I like to tell authors all the time is beware of self-editing. If you hit a point that you need to insert a gun here or a sex scene there, or an action scene, just put a little comment and keep going. Don't stop. Don't go back and reread. Don't keep doing that because you are never going to get that book to be perfect. Every time you go back through that book, you were a better writer than when you wrote the book. So you will literally get in a vicious cycle of never finishing the book because it will never be good enough because you keep improving as an author and it's it's terrible. So get the words out, get the story out, get it done. Go back through it just for inconsistencies in the comments you've left, clean that up and then give it to beta readers and move on writing the next story. Because otherwise your your work, your creativity will never go out the door. I always say it's never done. It's just do. Yes, exactly. So regardless if you're doing it or the publisher's doing it, pick your due date and just get it done and get it out the door. Because I think every one of us will unanimously agree. We go back to the first work we published. We could start reading and all of us are like, man, I could have done this better this way. Like every single one of us. But we can't do that because then we would have never written the other stuff we've written because we would be rewriting that first Thing that we are published so let anyway. it go um i want to thank every single one of you um i love you all as friends but i love that we've been able to do this podcast and we've been able to bring this entertainment this education this drunkenness and this fun not including my co-hosts that don't drink but um you know val i think i have to give the gold star to the best drunken moment of the last 100 episodes when val discovered champagne and quote unquote told me it was bubbly sweet wine and then read the label and i'm like that's champagne and discovered very quickly that she can't handle champagne i feel that was the best drunken moment i don't remember the episode ending <laughs> And Justin's like, how about you take a shower and lay down? <laughs> like when that, I came out, the husband's like, oh. So that gets, that gets <laughs> the uh, best drunken moment of the last hundred episodes. So go Val for your continuing willingness to find stuff that puts you under the table. I appreciate that. Yeah, it doesn't take much. <laughs> So thank you. thank you all very, very much. I think we're all looking forward to the next hundred episodes, which is super awesome. And all the authors and 
that we get to meet and re-meet because we're very lucky people want to come back on our show regularly. So with that, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave comments, leave reviews. We love all of those things. And um, we'll see you next time. Ciao.